Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us for our series, Faith Sees, as we look at what the Bible has to say about your future from God's perspective. Enjoy this week's message. I want to welcome you this week to week five of our series entitled Faith Sees. We've been talking about how to see situations in our life, even after the situation that we're in, but we're learning through this situation. Wouldn't it be a shame if we walk through an unprecedented season and we don't see and learn and grow in the areas that God wants to work in our lives? And so that's what this series has been all about. We've been asking God to show us how to see life from his perspective. And I wanna say how proud I am of you in the way that you have responded. So many things over the last several weeks that our church has been able to do to show people when people are searching for this Jesus that they hear about loves them, but how you've been showing people that love through your generosity, through blood drives, through we've been giving food to the community and Most importantly, one of the things that I'm most amazed by, because I'm not always in touch with every story and every situation, and I know you just like I do, you just, you love hearing about stories that are outside of your world, but where you see people authentically walking out spiritual family, loving others, showing people this real Jesus in a real way. I came in touch with one of the most moving stories I've seen in a long time this last week. Uh, Actually, I have some people close to me that are connected to the story that invited this family to church. And little did they know that several months ago as they became part of the Milestone family, they would then face one of the greatest challenges of their life. And that is this last week, their daughter, 20 years old, a sports scholarship, a softball player, passed away from brain cancer. And they've walked through this challenging journey. And yet I was so moved, and I'm always amazed by this, how you love one another. We're not not talking about the, the paid ministry staff, though our pastoral team has been there helping, taking care of, but but you, their small group, people that love them and I saw a text where the mom said that I've had one of the toughest days in a very long time, but God surrounded me. My small group showed up in my front yard and circled around. They put gray ribbon on the trees for brain cancer awareness and they prayed for my daughter, Lexi. They brought us so many meals and cards and gifts and helped and reached out to my grandchildren. And, I, and she said to this person, I'm so thankful for you introducing me to Milestone Church. This person responded by saying, well, it's the church being the church. And she said, no, this is, this is beyond anything I've ever experienced. I've been involved in church my whole life. And, and, and I, I want you to know that I am always so proud of you when I see you showing people the love of Jesus Christ. And throughout this season, A lot of people have asked me, what have you learned during it? Well, I've learned a lot personally, and I'll be sharing some of those things with you. But one of the things, after 25 years of pastoring, I'm always so, I guess, I'm reacquainted with, is that when Jesus said, I will build my church, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It's true. 
a church centered around Jesus, it's amazing how Jesus strengthens and how Jesus moves us outside of ourselves and how Jesus is, is so able and capable when we're willing to let him do amazing things. And so I'm also excited to announce that though we have been in this season, you've responded well, I'm excited to announce that on June 6th and 7th, with our governor now doing things to open up uh, many, many different areas uh, of our lives and businesses and other things that uh, we're gonna have safe practices in place and we're preparing all the details. We'll get many of those things for you, but I'm excited that we are gonna begin holding on-campus services at all our campuses June 6th and 7th. And so as we're, we're coming into that phase, then I, I want us to really absorb everything that God has for us. And I believe this message this week is a message that impacts all of us. No matter how long you've walked with Jesus, no matter what you're going through, no matter where you are, it doesn't matter. All of us need to be reacquainted with what I wanna share with you about faith this week. So I'm gonna ask you, for all of you maybe tuning in for the first time, maybe you've started joining us online, we're glad to have you with us to our Hazlitt campus, to our McKinney campus, to all of those in the surrounding DFW area. We're glad to have you with us and I'm gonna ask you if you would to turn in your Bibles with me to Mark chapter five. Mark chapter five, we're gonna look at verses 24 through 34. Here's the main emphasis and main verse that we've been going through throughout this series. And here's what we've been learning. And we're learning that the Bible has a lot to say about our perspective and how we can see things through the lens of the scriptures, how we can see things from God's vantage point. And we're talking about how faith sees, how faith helps us to see our circumstances, to see our God, to see ourselves the way that God wants us to see ourselves. And we've also learned, and I know I've learned even as I'm sharing it with you, with our emotions getting in play, with our situations going on, with the frustrations of the difference of what is normal and what we're used to, we have the ability to see it wrong. We, we have the propensity to drift in our faith to a place where we don't see it from God's perspective. And our theme verse has been 2 Corinthians 5, 7, where the Bible exhorts us that we live by faith and not by sight. We don't live by just what we see in the natural, we live by faith. And over the last few weeks, we've really been turning toward how do we live by faith? If the Bible's exhorting us to live by faith and not just depend on our emotions and our natural sight, how, how do we live by faith? What does that really look like? And this week, I'm gonna get very practical with what do you do in a specific area that we need to learn how to live by faith. Now, I've been giving you a little something fun and, and, and kind of polling you a little bit in how you see we had the, the, the dress and the shoe and the different things. And so I just thought this week, I'd just put up an image that I just wonder what you think about when you see this image. Now in live settings, I've polled people, how many of you love the beach and how many of you love the mountains? And some people raise both hands. I like them both. And my wife has been looking up beach 
pictures. And she says, we need to go to the beach. And, and, and I, every summer, it's her love language. I try to take her to the beach. And so I'm, I'm trying to live by faith because when she shows me a picture of the beach, I think I've got to go through a second quarantine, okay? Because she likes to sit on the beach. She likes to just fellowship with nature and let the wind blow. And I've been quarantined and I don't know if I have enough power to go through a second quarantine. And so we've just, I'm just telling you, we're working this out in our marriage by faith. And she says, we need to go to the beach because we need a post-quarantine vacation. And I'm like, we've been on vacation, so why do we need another vacation? She's like, I haven't been on vacation. I've been homeschooling the kids. My neighborhood, have, they've cleaned out everything in their house. I have one neighbor, I don't know if there's anything left in his house. Every time I drive by his house, I'm, I'm, he's throw, he throwing the furniture out. They've cleaned the attic out. They've remodeled their house. I'm looking at some point for a kid to be on the pile at some point along the way. But nonetheless, wherever you're at, you're like, okay, how are you seeing the next few days? Well, this week, I want to talk with you a little bit about what do you do when what you see hasn't changed? What do you do if you've been stuck for some time? What do you do if you've been believing for that promotion? You've been believing for that dream. You've been believing for that child to change. You've, you've been trusting and you feel like it's something God's put in your heart. You've been believing for your spouse. I could just title this message online, watch it and you'll get a spouse and it'll have a million downloads, come on. It's like, what do you do if like you've got that out there? We can all relate to that feeling. In fact, thinking about the last few weeks, if we feel a little stuck, I'm gonna show you a story from the Bible where there was a lady who was stuck for years. What would you do if you were stuck for years, I want to show you this story from Scripture. But before I do, I want to teach you a little bit about faith because one of my main goals in this series is for you to understand what faith is. From working with small groups and discipling people and preaching on this topic, and it's a big topic in the Bible, I found that a lot of people, when you use the word faith, the average person thinks about just belief. They think about what religion you check. They think about what denomination you're a part of, what sect of Christianity. They, they think of faith as this sort of thing that's out there that's intangible. But did you know the Bible actually shows us how faith works and it shows us that there's different elements of faith. The Bible says that we are saved by faith. Ephesians tells us, that it's the grace of God. If, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I want you to know this, here's what'll happen. Whether it's circumstances or situations or whatever's going on, you'll come to a place where you realize you in, of your, in and of yourself is not enough. So we try to do it ourselves. We try to earn our way to God. We try to, try to do it and we realize at some point that we're lacking. And the Bible says it's the grace of God. What does that mean? That means it's not you and your effort and your work, but it's a God who loves you, who steps into your world and says, here's what you're looking for. You're looking for me. And then God grants us this ability to say yes. That's being saved by faith. 
But did you know the Bible also says you can grow in your faith? You know, there are some people who they just get saved, but they never grow. How tragic. Did you know in 2 Thessalonians it says that there's this exhortation to this group of people where it's saying, you know what? You're growing in your faith. You're growing abundantly in your faith. Do you know you can also have injured faith? There's some of you, even when you hear me say, we're gonna talk about what you've been believing for but you felt stuck in and it hasn't happened. Did you know the Bible says you can have, using the metaphor of a ship that wrecks, you can have injured faith, you can have shipwrecked faith. The Apostle Paul, talking to his son in the Lord Timothy, he said, this is why you need to watch your conscience. This is why you need to think about your decisions because you can injure your faith. Did you know you can have some vision scarring some dreams that get dampered because of how you are walking with God, there's injury there. But what we're gonna talk about this week is we're gonna talk about enduring faith, a faith that stands. We see it in the story of Abraham. We see it in stories like Hannah, who prayed for a child over and over and over, and then God gives her Samuel, and Samuel means God hears. We see it, I could take you to story after story after story after story where there's this time period where there's a God thing out here, there's a desire, and there's this time in the testing. There's this season in the testing, and the Bible exhorts us on how do we endure the season? How do we endure the time? Well, we see one of those stories. It's a radical story, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna warn you. It's one of these Bible passages where there's some of it we have trouble wrapping our minds around but it's a woman that Jesus ministers to. Now Jesus has just calmed the storm. He's just healed the demoniac and he's actually kind of, this story is tucked between Jesus going to pray for a synagogue leader's daughter. His name is Jairus. And while Jesus is on his way to pray for her, then he has this moment with the lady. It says there's a large crowd that followed and pressed around him and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding. She's having some female issues. She's having this blood issue. Um, uh, some, of, some versions called the issue of blood. And so she's had this for 12 years. She suffered, get this now, she suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all the money she had. Yet, Instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she had heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and she touched his cloak because she thought, notice her thought process, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once Jesus realized that there was power the old King James Version says virtue. There's, there's something flowed out of Jesus had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and he asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you as disciples, they're always kind of late to the party. Jesus is training them. They're like, there's all these people touching you. What do you mean who touched you? Everybody's touching you. And yet you ask, who touched me? And Jesus kept looking around. He's looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came, fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. A radical story, 
a radical situation. I don't know that your issue is an issue of bleeding and 12 years of that. Maybe it is, but the majority of people, it's probably not that. But what we look at in this story, we could look at so many different aspects of the story, but I wanna highlight the fact that the Bible shows us that this was a journey for her. This was a season, this was a time, a 12-year period, a long time dealing with it. When years go by, nothing changes. What do you do? That's what I wanna answer in our last few moments together. What do you do when nothing's changed for years? What is your challenge? Is there a health challenge that maybe you have? Is there a kid that you're praying for and you're always looking and trying to see where's that subtle change where you could get your hope that maybe something's shifting just a little bit? I can't tell you how many prayer requests that I've seen where there are wives praying for their husbands, husbands praying for their wives. A lot of times, men, wives praying for their husbands. Praying, when will he change? When will he bring our family to church? When will he pursue God? When will he lead spiritually? Wanting to see a change. Praying for your spouse. Praying for that job situation. Praying for that next step in your journey. When there's a season there, when things haven't changed in years, you've suffered, you kind of spent all you have. That's talking about her money, but it might also be you've kind of put all you have into it, the Bible's saying. Here's what the Bible says. In those seasons, your story is not over. Your story is not over and you can trust God's plan. I wanna say this to you, and some of you need to hear this. You can trust God's plan and God's purpose for your life. God has a plan for you. And so we look at these needs that we have and Yet in this story, here's what the main emphasis of the story is, is when it seems like nothing will change, you have to trust God to do his part, but you need to know your part. What's your part in the situation? Now I know you read a story like that and you're like, okay, I know my situation and, and let's just be honest, because we're trying to understand what God's saying to us, we're trying to grow, and depending on where you are in your maturity level, I know I've been there before. I'm a person who's bent toward action, and so I've, I've been there, I'm like, Lord, okay, I'm, I'm waiting on you, but like, do, what do I do? Like, I, I, do I kinda step in here, you know? Do I, you know, if you're waiting for your spouse, it's like, you know, do, do you just, you know, unless the guy works for FedEx, do you just wait till he comes to the front door? Like, do you get an online dating? Do you, do you what, what do you do? Like, how active do I need to be in this? Like, what's my part in it? And I know there's a lot to sort out there, but I have at least three areas that I wanna give you that I've learned in my own life from walking out situations as a pastor, walking out situations personally, moving and working with people, moving from season to season, not only my own situations, but praying with people, years and years of praying with people who have something out there and you start literally becoming part of their, their steps and journey. And, and here's some things that I've learned and I think we see it in this passage how do you respond when your situation hasn't changed? Now, I grew up Baptist. If you're going to be Baptist, you might as well be Southern Baptist. So I, 
I got them three P's for you this week. I don't always have it this way, but this week I've got three words to think about. These are just three words that I see in this story, three words to think about. And I know sometimes I give you a sentence and sometimes I give you a thought. And this week I just said, look, let's talk about three things, your posture, your process, and your purity. Let's talk about three things that we can contribute to if we're in this season where we haven't seen what we see hasn't changed, what does God want us to focus on? The first thing is your posture. How do you, we've learned this in this series, every story we read, God is bringing us back to how we position ourselves with God, how we see God, how we relate to God, how we walk with God. Again, he's working in us through these situations and so how do we relate to him? Do you know 50% of communication is nonverbal? You get people's posture. Anybody got a teenager? You know, it's like your posture, all right? I've been working on some continuing education, and last week I spent like 35 hours in online school. Kids, I feel your pain, okay? It was terrible, all right? I just found me a good picture and just put my picture up there and did some other stuff. I'm sorry if my professor's listening. But anyway, it's tough, man, because like communication, there's nonverbal parts of it, right? And so, you know, and then even as we've been doing all these Zoom, you know, there's people up on there like this. You're like, look, pep up a little bit. We're all in this with you, you know? Your posture, okay? Posture, your position, all right? And so I think there's extremes. I talked about this a little bit last week, but there's extremes when it comes to a story like this. On one extreme is there are, there are people who I think are well-intended. I always choose to believe the best. But there are people that have told people, your situation ended up here because you didn't have enough faith. Well, well, well I, I'm, I'm sorry to say, you know, I, I, again, I'm not trying to be offensive, but that's not only unbiblical, it's just insensitive to tell somebody that. Because it's, it's not true. The ultimate, the ultimate authority is in God. So there's this side to where we, we, we know you can put condemnation on someone. You can say, you don't have enough faith. You're not doing enough. But did you know just as dangerous as that as well, though it may not injure as many people, is we can be dismissive. We can be dismissive of all these Bible passages that actually exhort us to participate in the process. We could dismiss all these stories that we see where Jesus actually commended this simple faith to say, you know what, I, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, Hannah, see, I'm gonna keep praying for this child. I'm gonna keep the, the one who keeps knocking on the door of heaven, that, that set of passages. I mean, all these stories that we've been studying. And we can be dismissive of the Bible's exhortation to childlike faith to position ourselves to keep coming before God, saying, God, you are bigger and you are able. The truth is the greatest picture of God in the Bible, which is hard for us in our culture because we've had so much damage in this area, is him being our father. Well, I'm a father. When I see my kids with the right attitude and the right posture, but asking and taking steps, but yet also responsible I don't want to condemn them, and I don't want to put a damper on their faith. I actually am excited when I see that in them. That doesn't mean I always give them everything they want, because what if they want sometimes could damage them, but I do like to see from them a healthy pursuit. 
That's what God wants from us. Here's the second thing that God's into that's happening, our next P, is the process. That, that God's taken us through a process. If their time is going on and there's a season there, it's usually because he's trying to do something in us in the process. He's preparing us for what's coming. And so we, we a lot of times are in this season where what God wants to do in the next season, we wouldn't be ready for, and we couldn't steward that if we can't surrender it today. And here's what I want to encourage some of you with that are in a waiting season. It's going to be okay. He hasn't forgotten you. He has planned for you will prevail. One of the verses in the Bible that quite honestly, I, I don't like it sometimes when I read it. James 1 says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith is producing in you perseverance. Now you have an opportunity even right now in the situation we're in. This situation can pull you back, can withdraw you from God. It can cause you to step back. It can cause you to have greater fear. It can cause you, even if you've lost your job, to think God's forgotten me and the final say has already happened. Or you can believe that this season of time, whatever testing you're going through, that you're gonna look back on it as a marker point, as an anchor point where God taught you some things about his character. The, the truth is we don't like process. We like the end result. We like it, man, come on, bring it to me, microwave it to me, let me just door dash it. Let me door dash some faith. Well, you don't door dash faith. It's like my son, my sister talked me into running a half marathon and the first half marathon I ran, man, I was real excited because I got that t-shirt. The t-shirt said, finisher. Now, I didn't have a good time, but I made it across the finish line. On the next day, I woke up and walked out in the living room. My son was sitting on the couch with my socks on and my finisher shirt on watching television. I said, you're not a finisher, brother. He said, yeah, I got the t-shirt though. I'm just, look at me, I'm a finisher, okay? Don't we love to get a t-shirt that says we're a finisher, but the process of being a finisher, a lot of times is challenging. But let me encourage you, you're gonna make it if you keep taking steps. Here, here's the third word, and it's actually our word for us here at Milestone Church that I gave it prepared this year, that God wanted to purify us. God's after the purity of heart, not our perfection, not us figuring everything out, but we can get to a place where we have every reason to give up. Did you know this lady, this woman, she had opportunity, she had every reason to give up. She had every reason that in that moment, she could have said, ah, it's too big a crowd. It's too many people. People were avoiding her. And I don't have time to go into teaching you all the biblical understanding of the fact that what the Bible is actually telling us too is her particular issue would have caused her religiously and ceremonially to be viewed as unclean, which would be in a certain time period and a certain thing that would happen periodically through her life. But the Bible's illustrating she had this thing that her culture and the religious culture would have seen her as unclean for a 12-year period, yet Jesus wanted her to reach out and touch him. I just, I just, let's not get caught up in why are some people healed and what about this and how does God work it on? Let's get caught up in this. After 12 years and spending all she had, after a long season of waiting, she wasn't bitter, 
She wasn't holding back. She wasn't thinking I've been left out. She wasn't having a pity party. She wasn't saying all the reasons why she couldn't. She just said, if I can touch him, if I could just touch his clothes, she'd suffered. She'd spent everything. And you know what? Jesus loved that about her. You would think in our culture that Jesus would commend who had all the knowledgeable facts about the condition she had and how God works and who's this and what does this can't believe and that thing and this separate idea and who had the most information about her situation. But you know what the Bible celebrates? If I can just touch him. If I could just touch him. Did you know what? In my life, spending time as a pastor with people at the end of their life, they're not highlighting the moments of the suffering and the challenges in the situation. They're not highlighting even a lot of times the victories that we make life about so much. They're talking a lot about relationships. Do you know your faith is affected by your relationships? I'm gonna talk about that next week. You need somebody that keeps moving your posture like you would with a kid. Stand up straight. Moving. You need people in your life that keep positioning you back. But you know, most people are saying, I should have I should have just went through the crowd. I should have just what if I just would have just touched him? What would have happened? You know what? Wherever you're at today, you're going to look back if you position yourself with God, if you embrace the process, if you just keep a simple childlike God, I don't understand it all, but I know I just want to touch you. If you stay positioned that way, you're gonna look back on this like you have everything else and you're gonna say, he's good. He saw me through. It's gonna work out. Maybe it doesn't work out. It'll still work out. It's all gonna work out. Why? Because he's your father and he loves you. And every time you position yourself that way, I know I know when you hear a message like this, you can superimpose on yourself. Oh, no, pastor, you you don't know my situation. No, 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 my situation's even worse than the one you're talking about. Here's all the variables as to why it's different and this is the situation, but why does the Bible, why does the Bible give us such radical, unsanitized stories like this one? Because it's trying to expand our mind to a supernatural God that if we'll keep positioning ourselves that way, he moves in our lives. But, but, but we're, we're, we're processing. And so the process, hopefully your process keeps bringing you to a place of just that simple purity. That's God's desire. One thing I've learned from being married, from being a pastor, from having children, working with teams, everyone doesn't process the same. Everyone to get to that simple, you know what? I'm going to go through the crowd. I'm going to touch his clothes. If I just touch him, just a little advice relationally, you'll get better relationally if you realize everybody doesn't process like you. My wife and I walked through a challenging season years ago. She talks about it a lot. It's where God really taught her about joy. And we had a child that we, we prayed whether to have another child and we lost, lost a baby late term. And it was just, it was just an emotional thing. It was just one of the things in our story that we went through that was real challenging. 
And I, I remember the battle for me emotionally and she was processing, and I'll be transparent with you, I, I didn't really know how to help her in her process. I kind of had my own process. I was kind of working through it. And, 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 and it illustrated to me in that, you know, how we respond differently to different situations. And, and we learned some things. We learned some things about ourselves. We learned some things about God. And I just remember having this thought when we were believing to have another child. It's like, I don't know if I got, I don't know what, I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I could go through that again. I don't, I don't, God, what if, what if, and the fear and the scenarios. For some of you, you've been through a traumatic thing and it, God's trying to get you to this place, just, just, just come touch the hem of my garment. And you're like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to get my hopes up. I don't know if I want to, I don't know if I want to step out there again. I don't know if I can, I can do this. And that's where enduring faith comes through. Moving forward, even when you don't have things that you can explain, you're moving forward. And, and of course, our story ends with God gave us our daughter, Lainey Kate, which means bright light. And God, God brought us to the next place and we couldn't imagine our life without her. But did you know there was a battle of faith right there when we had lost that child as to whether or not we would have made that next step. And that's just one thing in our story. I, I don't know, I doubt yours is in 12 year issue of blood, but it's something. It's something that you're in that fight, you're in that situation. And God says, look, I'm in control. I'm gonna get you to your next step. I'm gonna get you to the other side, but you have a part to play. You have a part in this situation, and I'm just asking you to do what we've learned in all these stories. He's just always asking us, just trust me. Just trust me. I know your emotions wanna cloud you with fear. And I think there's some of you, when I talk about faith, <clears throat> maybe through life events or maybe through what we're going through, you've come to the place where you're like, I need Jesus in my life. I know I can't save myself. I've made a mess out of this situation in my life. I need Jesus. And you know what? His grace is there, even through where I'm talking right now, His grace is there to give you the courage just to say yes to Him. So I wanna lead you in a prayer right where you are, and I want you just to simply say, like we heard from a gentleman last week whose life was challenged. He, he didn't know if he even believed in God, but he brought it, brought, came to a place where God's grace and he online prayed this prayer. Maybe you're in a place where for whatever reason, God's now granting you the grace. He's a gracious God. And you're like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna take that leap. I'm gonna say yes. Well, right where you are, you can say, Jesus, come into my life. I believe you died for me. You rose from the dead. I want to have a relationship with you. Forgive me of my sins. You just make it your prayer. Forgive me of my sins, I receive you today. And if you prayed that prayer with me to receive Jesus, maybe you still have questions about it. Maybe, maybe you're, you're like, I prayed it, but I, I still need to know what's happening. And so you're just in a journey and we want you to know, we're, we're glad you're in this journey and in the steps. And we have a whole team of people ready to help you but we can't help you unless you kind of step out of the crowd and let us. So simply text, meet Jesus to that number on the screen. I have a team of people ready to help you. I also have a book called Closer. That'll, that's a, it's, a, it's the stories of Jesus. It's kind of like the book of John that I encourage people to read in a nutshell. And um, I wrote this material. We, we shot some videos 
actually from the place where these stories happen. And I'd love to send it to you as a special gift to help you get going, but I need you to text me, meet Jesus. Second of all, there's some of you, you're in that in-between, and you know how sometimes enduring faith works? If somebody prays with you, 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 you know, faith is also one of those things where it's contagious. You share it with one another. We have a whole pastoral team. We have people, we have team members. We have people that would love to encourage you in your journey today. And so we would love for you to just text prayer to that number on the screen. And there's somebody there ready to pray. There's people in the chat, if you're online, they're ready to pray with you. They would love to encourage you. They'd love to serve you. They'd love to see if they can help you in any way possible. Well, I'm looking forward to sharing with you next week, June 6th and 7th. We're gonna be together live. I'm gonna ask you to bring your friends where next week we talk about how faith works, how it is contagious, and how we affect one another's faith. And so between now and then, connect with your family, connect with your friends, get involved, join a small group, come and connect in any way that we can help you become part of our family. And, uh, and I would encourage you just to invite your friends to hear this final message in the faith series and know this, myself, my wife, and our team, we're praying for you. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do for you or help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out by texting us at 817-406-7470. Our team would love to pray with you and help in any way that we can. If you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.